do androids dream of electric sheep? Review coming at you. Mini review. I gave it a three out of five. And that's being generous. Two and a half if I could. Yeah, I still got about like another 50 pages left. You didn't finish it. How did I blow past you? You were way ahead of me. Well, because I've been having those extra days off at work, and then I haven't been reading them at home. <laughs> I haven't read like I've been getting caught up on like uh, like comics and uh, manga and stuff. So, well, that sucks. Well, then I guess I won't spoil the ending for you. But here is a mini review anyway. My mini review is first hundred pages. Nothing's really happening. It's just talking about electric animals. It's fucking boring. Once you hit the hundred page mark, it gets like really good for a little bit, mm-hmm. where it's like a cliffhanger every chapter page turner what the fuck's happening i really like this that goes from maybe 50 to 80 pages or so and then just right whenever you know the climax and you're all excited everything just shits the bed and it just goes into philosophy and i'm just like oh like i'm a uh, like deck uh decker just getting ready to leave again to try to get the last three. Oh, so the, you're heading uh, right to shitsville okay. yeah so like yeah i'm i'm there like uh, by the weekend i should be done with it well, prepare yourself for a lot of uh, goat and toad talk nice. and a lot of Mercerism because they talk about that. Uh, What's the name? Wilbur Mercer or something. Uh, Most of the ending is just about that religion in that universe. And I'm just like, ah. in fact, that's like the whole ending. Pretty much is just religion. And so, so no more goats, no more goats and animals. So that's about it. And also, I started a movable feast. I'm about 50 pages into that. I'm liking that way more. So that's a book you're. Supposed to be reading, but you don't want to read it because you don't like fancy classical Ernest Hemingway life stories. Well, as as I said before, I just I think it's weird that I've watched a documentary, a multi-plot documentary on the guy about to read like his memoirs, but never actually consumed any of his actual work. <laughs> like, well, that's a little weird. I, I guess it is. Uh, regardless, there's some interesting topics that arise fairly early in this, uh, in this memoir. But that's going to be the, uh, next, like, official book of the month, maybe? I don't know. Book review or whatever we decide to do. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Anyway, I have an episode tailored specifically for you. Oh, no, that means I gotta do stuff. They can't see that I'm pointing at you. Um, but anyway, uh, stick around for that. It's gonna be great. My dog's, like, fucking humping and rubbing <laughs> yeah. on everything. I don't know what he's doing over he there. He got into some ecstasy. Uh, uh, maybe you got a little bit of that nip over there, that <laughs> cat nip. Those cats get into that jar of nip. Ooh, it's <laughs> over. They just, they act up. They eat, fucking Nova, she eats it. I sent the, I uh, sent your wife uh, a reel of, uh, they used catnip and they put it, like, in, like, a, uh, like a grainer thing and like wet it so like it so like all of it would come out into like a liquid. Ooh. And they just like let the cat like drink it and the cat was just like <laughs> just... that distilled nip. Yeah. He he looks like he got into the nip. He's in something. <laughs> what is he doing over there? You never know what he's doing over there. He was fine a moment ago. Oh, he has a snout and like this big goofy smile and he's like rubbing on his back. I don't know. Uh, anyway, stick around. You'll enjoy the episode. I'm sure. You are listening to the Drunken Pen Routine Podcast, you mofos. I am your host, Caleb James. With me today, Spencer, the Queensland Quisling Church. That was different than what I thought you were going to go. 
I uh, thought Queensland. I, I forgot the S. That'd be Queensland. That don't sound right. I don't know. It's Australia. I, I haven't been to Australia. Have you? No. Can't not, remember. Not that I recall. No. Not that you recall. That's a hard one to forget. <laughs> right? Do you want to know what today's episode's about? I suppose so. I know you're even more horny than Nitro is to listen to this. <laughs> For me to tell you the episode. I lost it. Oh. So we're talking about cat ear medicine. No. <laughs> da, 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 da. Eleven of Stephen King's scariest passages. Okay. Just going to read some cool excerpts because this will be closer to Halloween when this releases. Yeah. Right? Uh, so we got to up the spooky factor. So are you excited for this, Spencer? Uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what uh, if I can even remember the passages. Well, here's what I could do. Should we do this since you are the Quizling today? Should I just read the actual, okay, this is, you know, this story, this book, whatever, then read the excerpt? Or should I read the excerpt first and see if you can guess what it's from? I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I think that might be fun, yeah. And just see how terrible I am. Mm, well, some of these you probably haven't read in a while, so yeah. you might be terrible. That's what I'm going to already use as an excuse. So, number one, I'll read the excerpt. And, you know, folks listening at home or on the job, most likely on the job or toilet, yeah. you can play along. Guess that Stephen King excerpt. So number one here. What's going on back there? What is he up to? <laughs> I just don't do some big stretches. He's doing stuff. So number one, Stephen King excerpt. This one starts off actually pretty good. I've amputated my left foot and have bandaged it with my pants. Strange. All through the operation, I was drooling. Drooling. Just like when I saw the gall. Drooling helplessly. But I made myself wait until after dark. I just counted backward from 100. 20 or 30 times. Ha ha! Then I kept telling myself, cold roast beef, cold roast beef, cold roast beef, cold roast beef. I would not guess that one. That's a fucking yeah. weird one. At first, <laughs> I was thinking maybe misery because with the foot thing, but then, like, that wasn't like his own doing. I don't. Want a hint? Yeah. Short story, oh. 1985. Yeah, the short, short story, I'm not gonna... All right. It is Survivor Type 2 from Skeleton um... Crew. Uh, in Survivor... I don't know why it has a 2. Survivor Type from Skeleton Crew. In Survivor Type from Skeleton Crew, a surgeon stranded and hungry after a plane crash makes a life-saving decision on dinner in a passage that will likely cost you your appetite. So he's uh, gonna eat his own foot. Yeah. And he's thinking about cold roast beef. I have not read that story, but that did sound quite disturbing. Number two. The mallet smashed into the bathroom door, knocking out a huge chunk of the thin paneling. Half of a crazed and working face stared in at her. The mouth and cheeks and throat were lathered in blood. The single eye she could see was tiny and piggish and glittering. Shining? The Shining, you are correct. 1977. Oh, I'm in to see if you'll get this one. So number three. He drew back a little to spring. She timed it and brought the door toward her again, using all of her failing strength. This time the door closed on his neck and head, and she heard a crunching sound. Oh, fuck, this gives it away. Cujo howled in pain, and she thought, he must draw back now. He must. He must. But Cujo drove forward instead, and his jaws closed on her lower thigh, just above her knee, and with one quick ripping motion, he pulled a chunk out of her. Donna shrieked. Uh, that makes me, like, I haven't read Cujo, but that's Jaws. Like, that yeah. makes me think of Jaws. I mean, like, people, like, kind of shit on Cujo, but for being written in a weekend during a Coke bender, like... <laughs> not it, too bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Like, Wish you could write something like that right? in a Coke bender, yeah. Number four. Damn it, this one gives it away, yeah. too. 
I should have known some of the titles would be in the... Yeah. Uh, so I'll just tell you. Number four is Christine, 1983. Mm. Oh, I, should I read some of the synopsises for these ones? What was the... Well, everyone knows what The Shining is. Yeah. Cujo, if you don't know, is about King's rabid dog. Should, that's a stupid way that's phrased. Uh, Cujo's about a rabid dog. Mm-hmm. Terrorizes yeah, yep. a woman and our daughter, or son? Son, yeah. Son. I think they get uh, trapped in a car from the mm. movie, I remember. I'm sure the yep. is So Christine is about a sentient vehicle, uh, 1957 Plymouth Fury, that lives up to its name, Spencer. Uh, so it's a haunted car, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like this one because it was, because the movie was like in California, but it actually takes place like in our gen, like you, you know, in all kind of area, or like what would be considered our kind of like a rural, yeah. like Pennsylvania during the winter, mm. which was pretty cool. Christine turned onto Hampton Street even before the first of those awakened by the screaming of her tires had reached Moochie's remains. The blood was gone. It had reached the front of the hood and disappeared. The scratches were gone. As she rolled quietly toward the garage door with its honk for entry sign, there was one final punk. As the last dimple, this one in the left front bumper, the spot where Christine had struck Moochie's calf, popped back out. Christine looked like new. I wish my Jeep would do that. <laughs> right? I think it's I think it's a corpse. <laughs> it's too far gone. It has bloodlust. <clears throat> yeah, if it's got kill, if I got like, even if I'm the one that has to run down some people, if it means the Jeep will be fixed yeah. up, I, I wouldn't mind. Right? You can find somebody. There's some always people. somebody. Yeah, somebody that deserves it. <laughs> Next up, this is a good one. Mark Petrie turned over in bed and looked through the window, and Danny Glick was staring in at him through the glass, his skin grave pale, his eyes reddish and feral. Some dark substance was smeared about his lips and chin, and when he saw Mark looking at him, he smiled and showed teeth grown hideously long and sharp. Let me in, the voice whispered, and Mark was not sure if the words had crossed dark air or were only in his mind. I don't know. that Names don't sound familiar to you? No. 1975. Was very early novels. I, I was thinking at first. I was thinking maybe the stand. Nope. No, but uh, I'm trying to think. It doesn't sound like anything that would be in the dead zone. Nope. We did Firestarter. Incorrect. It is Salem's Lot. Uh, oh, hmm. I can't believe you didn't know the name, Spencer. No. So that's a vampire story. It is a vampire story. Number six. I always like this one just because of the title. Mm. Is like, and I'm. It was a movie, I believe, that was pretty shitty from what I remember. But the title should be. It should be so much better. Whatever iteration of this story uh, could make it a, a resurgence in movies or TV. It it should be way better. It stood over Jackson, who lay on his back, staring up in a silent rictus of terror. The perfect sacrifice. Hunton had only a confused impression of something black and moving that bulked to a tremendous height above them both. Something with glaring electric eyes the size of footballs, an open mouth with a moving canvas tongue. He ran, Jackson's dying scream followed him. Cycles of the werewolf? Nope. Uh, I was trying to think of something that was... Big was monster, shitty. bigger than a werewolf. Bigger than a werewolf. One of his biggest monsters, but not living. Big monster that's not living. This is also a short story. This is from 1978. Oh, is it, it, it's not The Mangler, is it? The Mangler <laughs> from the Night Shift collection. The name, The Mangler. Isn't yeah. that just a... Uh, it's about laundry workers 
what, get eaten by a big laundry machine? Something like that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking stupid. But it's like the name is so cool. It's like a Clive Barker name, like Midnight Meat Train. It's yeah. Awesome name. Not such a good story for what I remember. I actually think I did read that one. Like, the way that's written, though, is cool. It's just like fucking big machine. Well, it's weird. He has a, he does have a, a certain kind of talent to whenever you like, you hear the premise of a story and you're like, that's fucking stupid. Stupid, but then you read the story and you're like, that's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's not as bad as it sounds. Like the um the story uh with the uh the trucks that come to life, you know that Yeah. The movie's fucking dumb as shit. But again the Maximum the, overdrive. But shit but the, the actual short story was like kinda entertaining. Mm. This next one, number seven, you better get this one, Spencer. Okay. You better fucking get I'm it. Better. You're revoking your Stephen King card. Oh, no. Smells of dirt and wet and long-gone vegetables would merge into one unmistakable, ineluctable smell. The smell of the monster. The epithet of all monsters. It was the smell of something for which he had no name. The smell of it, crouched and lurking and ready to spring. A creature which would eat anything, but which was especially hungry for boy meat. It. It. I said it. Again, I didn't know it yeah. said it, but it is a common word. Oh, and they kind of do that in the movie, too, uh, within the book, whenever they keep on, like, when they first start referring to it as it, it's not like they're actually calling it it. It's just, it's an it. They don't know what to call it, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I do like how they that name, uh, like, easily becomes, like, you know, they don't have this name for the it, this thing, so just I keep on, since they keep on referring to it as it, that's kind of like the name that it adopts. Pennywise, the dancing clown. This next one is one of my favorite stories, uh, so I will give it away. It is a short story because I'm not quite sure if you'd get this one, and this will bring us back to 1985, but it was also in a movie, which was really good. The black, viscous substance ran up her arm like mud, and under it, Randy saw her skin dissolving. She opened her mouth and screamed. At the same moment, she began to tilt outward. She waved her other hand blindly at Randy, and he grabbed for it. Their fingers brushed. Her eyes met his, and she still looked hellishly like Sandy Duncan. Then she fell outward and splashed into the water. The black thing flowed over the spot where she had landed. Uh, I don't know. I'll give me a second, and this is also from Skeleton Crew. See, like, when you were going your fair, I was just, I was immediately going with thinking of uh, Man in a Black Suit. Because I know you, you, you really enjoy that one, but I was like, that that doesn't sound like anything. No, this one story. you would not even be aware that I read. I must have actually read The Skeleton Crew, because that's the second story from there, I know. Yeah, I don't know. The Raft, uh, which was in Creepshow. Remember the- Oh, yeah. The uh, big oil spill getting people? I just I, I like that idea that you could be in this nice, serene like lake, and then all of a sudden some big blob of shit comes and gets yeah. you. Because I've seen lots of blobs of shit in lakes, <laughs> yeah. and you know what? They are vicious. We've seen a lot of blobs of shit just anywhere. Cleveland. <laughs> Number nine. This one I, you might get because you were a big fan of this, I believe, but I would not have any idea. He could not see the finger, at least temporarily, but he could hear the finger, and now it was coming fast. Tick, 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 right behind him. Still trying to look back over his shoulder, he ran into the wall to the left of the bathroom door with his shoulder. The towels fell off the shelf again. He went sprawling in at once. The finger was around his other ankle, flexing tight with its charred and burning tip. It began to pull him back toward the sink. It actually began to pull him back. I don't remember the name, but I do believe this is the one where there's like a hand, a finger coming out of the thing. So 
in the bathroom so he doesn't go to the bathroom and he eventually has to tell, like, take a piss in the sink. I can't remember the name of it. From Nightmare Dreamscapes, 1993. It's called The Moving Finger. Yeah. Uh, it's just a short story about a disembodied and a demonic digit that demonstrates some surprising strength. Mm. What a terrible idea for a story. A finger. Not yeah. even a whole hand. A finger. But, uh, just judging by that excerpt, Stephen King has a gift of writing stupid shit yeah. in a way that at least sounds good or sounds interesting. But I would love to see in a movie how a whole finger would just pull a body. Like, no. I don't want to get it. This one's also interesting. It's a short one, number 10. His voice kept climbing and climbing. It was like a fire whistle gone insane. And Barkovich's hand suddenly went up like startled doves taking flight, and Barkovich ripped out his own throat. This is from 1979, so I would uh, not fault you for not getting this one. I've never even heard of this one. Barkovich. Barkovich. I'm trying to think somewhere, Lee. I'll give you a hint. It's a Richard Bachman. Oh. Oh, um, I'll give you a final hint. I'm trying, I don't I'm, think you're going to get this. I'm trying to work the Botman books in my head. It's, I'll give you the synopsis. And say it's not thinner. A man forced to keep walking during a dystopian oh, stroll. Oh, the long walk. The long walk. That's what I was trying to work. I, I couldn't remember all the all the Bachman books at, at first. That's why I was trying to go through the titles real, real quick. I, hopefully this doesn't give away the name in the paragraph here. But you should 100% get this because this is one of the most grueling scenes in movie and in the book. Uh, they did well in the movie version, the book version. This scene, I'm pretty sure, reads just as terrible, yeah. if not worse. The cuff was moving because the skin it rested on was moving, sliding the way a heavy object on a rug will slide if someone pulls with a rug. The ragged, circular cut she had inscribed about her wrist widened, pulling wet strands of tendons across the gap and creating a red bracelet. Ooh. Mm. The skin on the back of her hand began to wrinkle and bunch ahead of the cuff, and now what she thought of was how the coverlet had looked when she had pushed it down to the bottom of the bed with her pedaling feet. The uh, Gerald's Game. That is Gerald's Game, 1992. If you have not seen the movie, a couple are trying to you know, reignite the passion in their marriage. They're out. Nobody knows where they are. They're in like a cabin or something. And uh, he handcuffs her to a bed. Bam. Heart attack dies. She's handcuffed. She has to release herself by peeling her hand. It's gross. Yeah, it's. I I haven't got a chance to read or to watch any of the like the movie or anything. The movie's but, really but I heard good. it's really good. Is the Midnight Man or Moon Man or whatever he's called in the movie? Is he in the book too? It's like a monster, a serial killer, weird fucking guy. Kinda, yeah, but it's it's like is it like in the movie? Is it kind of like as like she doesn't know that it's actually there, or if it's like a yeah. illusion at, at first? Yeah, and there was like a dog that was trying to attack her too. Yeah, there was a dog too. Is that all of them? That, that was all. Of them. I was uh, I was kind of surprised whenever I read that one on how much I actually enjoyed it. Because when when I started, I was like, oh, well, this is just the next one in the list. I better, you know, yeah. get on. But then I was just like, wow, this is actually, like, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty snazzy. Well, that's all the Stephen King ones. I have another list of stories that neither of us probably have ever heard of. Let me see if I can actually read these excerpts before fucking dumb shit, you know. Pop-ups and... Well, see, some of these, uh... Like, is, this, is this a whole fucking story I'm reading? Like, no, we're not going to do that one. No way. You're not going to get our... Okay, there might be some more Stephen King. This is 13 of the scariest lines from our favorite horror books. Uh, This is just a list from Get Literary. I never... GetLiterary.com if you want to check it out. You can Google it. What was the last one from? Uh, 
I don't know. And it's gone. Well, that one, it didn't. It's That was just the excerpts, though. Like, oh, it was a list know. of excerpts, oh, okay. but there was no, it was just synopsis excerpts. So there was no, like, oh, this is what I think. You know how, like, a lot of these okay. are. So it didn't really matter. Uh, this one has, you know, a lot of people. Well, this actually looks like another one where it's just the actual excerpts. This one even has less information. It doesn't even have the synopsis. So I like yeah. that. <laughs> okay. The first one on here is the same one I just read from it. The second one. Okay. Ooh, this is a good choice. This is one we need both need to read, too. All right. Even though you're not going to probably guess these, I'll go ahead and do what I've been yeah. doing. Yeah. By the pricking of my thumb, something wicked this way comes. So vague, yet so immense, he did not want to live with it. Yet he knew that, during this night, unless he lived with it very well, he might have to live with it all the rest of his life. That is Something Wicked This Way Comes by Ray Bradbury. And that's like about a fucked up carnival, I believe, right? Is that what it is? I'm pretty sure. Um, This one, this is a different one, which anyone even if the fan of the movie will actually be able to get this. Wendy, darling, light of my life. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains mm. in. Bash them the fuck in. <laughs> I don't know if he says the F word in the book version. I don't remember, but that's The Shining. This is another one that I don't remember if you said you read, but I want to read because uh, I did enjoy the movie. I tried to make meatloaf out of the girl, but it. Be- <laughs> <laughs> I want to read this like, <laughs> like how it would be presented in the book, I think. I tried to make meatloaf out of the girl, but it becomes too frustrating a task, and instead I spend the afternoon smearing her meat all over the walls, chewing on strips of skin I ripped from her body. That is uh, American Psycho by Brett Easton Ellis. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think like you're a psycho. You're not gonna. You're gonna sound cheery. Yeah, that's a that's a fun afternoon. Or just mundane. Just like that's just another. another... Have a cup of tea. Have a little bite of skin. Another chore. Oh, oh. I'm gonna have to drop this. I'm glad this isn't 18 paragraphs long. When the lambs is lost in the mountains, he said, "They is cry." Sometimes come the mother, sometimes the wolf. Blood Meridian by Cormac McCarthy. So that was a weird one they picked from that. I don't even remember that section. Maybe that's one of the best. <laughs> but I didn't, but I didn't make it that far. Uh, ooh, this is an interesting one. I heard this guy has good books, but I feel like he's the guy that Ash always tells me sucks major ass. Oh, yeah. It's like, this guy, I don't know why he's so popular. He fucking sucks. And then he gets real mad. I'm assuming, because there's a couple guys he'll tell me he's reading. I have the worst memory when it comes to, like, authors people tell me they're reading that I haven't read. Oh, yeah. Like, if you tell me an author that's like, oh, that sounds really cool. I Like that uh, fucking Chasing the Boogeyman book, Richard Chismar. If I didn't read that book, you could have told me a hundred times how great it is. I'll always forget that guy's name well, I mean, until how many, I read it. I mean, how many times have I asked you multiple times the same? What about this one book? Who did yeah. that? Like, Yeah, it's just like if I don't read it, I just I don't remember the author for some reason. Usually not even the title. How could you hide from a murderer who lives under your skin? That is The Troop by Nick Cutter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't know. I don't know. If Ashley didn't like, I don't know if he read that book. I think, but I'm pretty sure he read a, like one or two Nick Cutter books that are supposed to be so great. And I think it was him that he just was like, ah, that's fucking, it sucked. I didn't like mm. it. The writing style. So I don't know if it's like one of those newer type of writers who they get a pass from the audience because, you know, it's just a new style of writing, like the new modern contemporary writing where you don't use high flute language or anything. But well, I, I remember decade ago he was on the Rogan podcast. That's when mm-hmm. I first heard of him. 
Uh, this is the one I've been trying to get you to read every Halloween for the last five years. God, whose hand was I holding? The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley uh, Jackson. We're going to read that one day. I don't I don't ever remember you ever bringing that up once. I have fucking like at least three years worth of podcasts yeah. that say otherwise. Uh, Every year we try to decide what book to read and I always bring that up. And you're like, oh, I don't know. You should be able to get this one. A cold hand fell on Lewis's shoulder. Rachel's voice was grating, full of dirt. Darling, it said. It's short, so it might be a little tricky, yeah. but you should get it. It's the ending. It's the the ending. ending. Stephen King book. The ending. Do it one more time. A cold hand fell on Lewis's shoulder. Rachel's voice uh, was grating. Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. Proud of you, Spencer. You finally got it. This one sounds interesting. What was going to happen to me? There were only two possibilities. They were going to let me go at some point, or they were going to kill me. That sounds generic. The Woman in Cabin 10 by Ruth Ware. Haven't heard of that. Neither have I. Never talk to strangers. If someone ever tries to take you, fight with everything you have. Scream as loud as you can. He'd never told her what to do if the man was too strong and there was no one to hear her screaming. Uh, that's Ink and Bone by Lisa Unger. Uh, these last two sound like the same kind of writing style. Oh. Here's another one from Nick Turdcutter. <laughs> <laughs> this one's longer, so maybe we'll get a better feel for his writing style. Have you ever heard a newborn cry as it awakes from a nightmare? The long walker asked. Petty was too stunned by its question to reply. A newborn, only a few days old, it went on. They have nightmares, but not as you would understand. Their minds are unformed, as was your own at that age. A newborn baby can still see the world behind the world, you see. The world where my daddy lives, and me and a few others like us. They can still see us. That's why they scream as they do. That is Little Heaven by Nick Cutter, and judging by your yawn, I would imagine... No, that had nothing to do with it. I noticed these ones that I'm not interested in also seem to have very shitty generic book covers. I don't. Mm. We've talked about this many times. I don't like contemporary book covers for the most part. Even that Richard Chismar Chasing the Boogeyman book co- cover, I'm like, could be so much cooler. Yeah, there like, wasn't really much to it. Like this Anthony Bourdain one, Bone in the Throat. It's just a knife that says a novel. Like, what? That's so basic. Yeah. Nothing to it. Like, what are we doing here? I mean, granted, that's probably like a reprint, you know, new whatever. Because they always do that too, I never understood. Why can't you just have like, okay, you got the Great Gatsby cover. Just that one cover, no other cover ever again. Why do we need, every time they do a print run of a book, change the cover? I don't Probably think. some rights thing. Perhaps. Perhaps you're correct. Ooh, this is because good. Because as we know, images are copyrighted. <laughs> you just yeah. can't use whatever image you want, Caleb. I wish. The shittier the image, the more likely you are to get a copyright strike. How do I know you'll keep your word, asked Coraline. I swear it, said the other mother. I swear it on my own mother's grave. Does she have a grave, asked Coraline. Oh, yes, said the other mother. I put her in there myself, and when I found her trying to crawl out, I put her back. I'm going to guess Coraline. Coraline by Neil Gaiman. I read that a month or so ago, and for a kid's book, it's pretty good. You can read it in, I don't know, not even an hour. Yeah. Ooh, I never read this, but I uh, hated the movie, so let's see. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I hated the movie, I just never saw the hype, Uh, but I'll go on. But I'll tell you something, brother. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. It slipped. It slipped. And it's actually pretty close. 
But I'll tell you something, father. You give me Reagan's identical twin, same face, same voice, same smell, same everything down to the way she dots her eyes, and still I'd know in a second that it wasn't really her. I'd know it. I know it in my gut, and I'm telling you, I know that thing upstairs is not my daughter. I know it. I know. It's The Exorcist by William oh, Peter Blatt. Right. I didn't say it sounds familiar. You I, didn't. You didn't like the movie. Stupid. Dumb. Just light her on fire. And be done with it. Like, what are you doing here? Now, do you think because of like the limitations of the special effects at the time? No, no, no. Or you just wasn't... think the whole, just the whole idea and premise was dumb. Her peeing in the living room and the crab walk down the stairs was pretty cool. Uh, like that, the actual only cool parts of the movie were like the special effects, like her flipping around in bed and spinning her head and up shit. the peas. Yeah, but just the actual story itself, I'm like, I don't give. I never liked exorcism stories and all that religious shit because I know the truth behind them. It's usually just people that are like schizophrenic or something that just got tortured to death yeah. by the Catholic Church because they didn't want to get a fucking doctor. <clears throat> Maybe if you believe in that kind of stuff, I guess it would have more impact. But that's the same thing that goes for like voodoo and you know zombies. So if you believe this, or ghosts, that's another one. I don't really care about ghost stories. You know why? Because I wish there were ghosts. Because uh, I'd be like, how you doing, buddy? Be friends with you. Yeah. Hang out with you, Beetlejuice. So that's the end of our list. What did you think, Spencer? Uh, they were okay. Anything titillate your senses? Whoa, I think we know what titillated. And Gerald's game was pretty good. Yeah. What would any of those you would see as the most effective? The most... uh unsettling or creepy or spooky oh. well if we're going unsettling that the Gerald's Dr- game yeah is just kind of just like queasy just yeah. like it's not horror but it's just like oh grossies um i would like to say the pet cemetery one as simple as it was just the fact that like the dirt in her throat kind of like that gravelly voice mm-hmm. she had that's what i like because like just with that one sentence of her, her putting the shoulder on his hand and saying "darling" in that gross way, you just immediately think, "Oh, you don't even see the body, you don't even see what she looks like, but you know she's dead because you, you know after you read the book, and you're just like, ah, oh, yucky. Yeah. Like that's gonna be that's a sight to see, you know. The other ones, I don't know. I liked that the Ray Bradbury one rhymed kind of. Yeah, it was like a little sing song. Yeah, like that kind of gives you the feel of a carnival. Uh, any of the other ones? Um, it's hard because the first list was just Stephen King ones. Yeah. Uh, I wish the man in the black suit was on there because there's a couple scenes in that that are really fucking creepy, like when he's eating the fish. Yeah, just like un- like unsettling. Yeah, just like he-, he does such a good job of just knowing like that's that guy ain't right. <laughs> I'm surprised that hasn't been made into like a short or something. They were know? supposed to make a movie out of that a couple times, but they never do. Because um, that almost seemed like like tarot tarot made for like one of those uh, dollar baby things that like he does for like you yeah. know like film school students and shit like that that would be cool because it's not like you'd really need a whole bunch of special effects or anything if i remember correctly yeah you just find like a really creepy looking guy yeah and, or even like the guy who plays art the clown from terrifier like just doll him up because mm-hmm. he's already skinny and weird looking yeah you just have to get like an older skinnier guy yeah pretty much um but also spindly. Like, or like how they actually, what it reminds me of is, uh, I think it was one of those Conjuring movies that had like the crooked man and he had like a suit and a top hat and stuff, but he was like long and like slender man like, and he's uh, all like crooked and broken. And, like, that's what it reminds me of the man in black suit. We'll end it on this since you're the big Stephen King fan and he me. does seem to be the king of horror, you know, at least novels and short stories. What would you suggest horror not paranormal, yeah, not yeah, thriller, yeah. just actual horror. horror. Stephen King short stories, individual short stories, or novels 
Then you would recommend someone read for the Halloween season. Well, I I always I've been trying to get you to read Salem's Lot for the past few years. Yeah, that's where I kind of got bottlenecked here because I don't like vampires that much. Yeah, I did like Dracula mostly. Hmm. I'm just uh, the just straight horror is what I'm having. Uh, because he is really more of I always I always consider him more of like paranormal or like suspense even like mm. you know what I mean. Um, very rarely does he have like the monster. Like I yeah. mean, I guess like it would. I mean, that's a big read though. Yeah. Um, I would have to go with the classic, The Shining. Yes, yeah. I think that'd be a good pick. I I think it's so um I think it's such so more menacing in the novel that as you could tell in the uh, in the part that you read it's a croquet mallet instead of an axe yeah because like you can get hit by a croquet mallet a couple of times and not die immediately yeah like if you take one swing of that axe you're mostly gone yeah it's not so bad if it hits you in the head yeah just yeah that that just seems like yeah that'd be really creepy. What about short stories? Do you think any of the top? I would say, even though it's more sci-fi, I found uh, the jaunt to yeah. be extra terrifying just because of like the existential dread right. that you would get from this fucking infinity yeah. world you could get stuck in. Like That's always terrifying to me. That's weird because that's one... Uh, I like that because that's one that sneaks up on you. Yeah. Because through the whole thing, it's just like a weird little sci-fi story and then just ends. You're like, oh my God. Like, well, And that's almost like... A- because a story that like uh, popped into my mind, but it doesn't really get like too horry to like the the final act and that revival. Revival is also one that yeah, till the very end, and, it's not really horror. But then it just but then it just turns on this dime and becomes yeah. super fucking creepy. It becomes straight H.P. Lovecraft yeah. cosmic horror actually, which I really enjoyed. Um, what is another? Fuck, I just had one that wasn't Stephen King that I was going to recommend people. Oh, um, I Have No Mouth But I Must Scream. It's one of my favorite short stories. You want to talk about a fucked up story, uh, give that an old read sometimes. I think I remember you mentioning yeah. that one before. I actually recommend, um, who was that, Allison? I have to use I have no butt, but I, I, have no butt, but I um, must poop. <laughs> Ooh, that would suck too. <laughs> I uh, recommend listening to the audio version of that read by Harlan Ellison, the author, uh, because he captures the fucking psychosis of the characters so well. Like, it's amazing. Um, that's one of the few times I actually say I recommend listening to it versus reading it. Mm. Because when I read it, I was like, okay, that's kind of a creepy story. But when I heard it, I was just like, it transformed it. Which actually also made me think, like, what other stories would be better listening to? Because I feel like horror probably is more of a genre that would be better if you listen to it uh, versus reading it. Unlike, like, sci-fi and stuff, I always find that's better to, like, visualize yourself. Mm-hmm. But horror, you could, like, have something, you know, cause scary stories telling around a campfire. Like, it's kind of a good medium for that. Medium for that. Um, I think that's a good one where you could throw in a couple sound effects, like, sparingly mm-hmm. to... Oh, yeah, well, he had good sound effects and stuff, too, in that. Like we said before, like if you go the uh, like that, you almost kind of have to go. Like I feel like just an, an a plain audiobook is like is just like dog shit now, where it has to at least have at least some bit of like that the background sounds or like you know. Well, some what's of the that. point of somebody just re- like unless you're visually impaired or something? If I'm gonna listen to a book, I would like to have all the extras. 
But I mean, and, but I, I feel like until recently, that's what audiobooks were. Yeah, they're just, we're reading. just reading, you know. Yeah. Uh, I feel like if you have a good audiobook, it could make Moby Dick interesting. Right? Yeah. You can actually listen to the sea and, you know, stuff like that. It's just, it's a different way to, uh, like I said, that, that Lord of the Rings, uh, I don't know if it ever came out, it was like an app where uh, you could read Lord of the Rings and then it would have music that accompany it. Mm. And if your reading speed is slower, it has a slower version. So if you're in the Prancing Pony pub, you can fucking, you know, yeah, you're in the inn or whatever, yeah, you, you can actually hear the inn crowd and everything. Like That's just, I, I like stuff like that. Anyway, folks, uh, we'll probably have one more Halloween episode after this. I don't know what it's going to be on. But then we're moving right into November, the worst time of year. All of we all stories about turkeys. Turkeys, 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 and massacres. Yes. And maybe we'll get into Christmas stuff. I watched this is gonna sound, sound so fucking stupid. So right before you came over, I watched the uh It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia Christmas special episode, like the first <laughs> one they had. And it got me in the Christmas mood. <laughs> and I hate Christmas. I'm never in a Christmas mood. But, like, them just having such an awful Christmas made me like, you know what? I wouldn't mind Christmas this year, maybe. That, that'll be gone in, by tomorrow. But still, just the fact that I even got in a Christmas spirit for a moment was kind of weird. And the fact that it was always sunny that got yeah, you there. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, bizarre. Anyway, folks, uh, I guess we should still do an outro. Check out us on to eat the gag. I stopped speaking English. Uh, Twitter, you can follow us at Drunk Pen Writing. Instagram, Facebook at Drunk Pen Writing. Spencer's OnlyFans, the Queensland Quizzling Church. Does that mean I'm just asking questions? No, Quizzling is like an idiot. Ah, very accurate. Yeah, yeah, you're confused a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. And maybe a little hoity-toity. <laughs> 